so today I'm joined with uh, Will Fisher. He is a, a fellow, I guess, illustrator, designer uh, that I go to school with. Um, and today I have him to kind of talk about his experiences. And so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, what's kind of your uh, background story? Where have you, how did your design career start? Did it start in high school? Did it start um, before that? Were you pre-planning this since a child? How did it all go? And uh, what are the major events in between that led you to this point? Well, um, I, I know that for myself, like I kind of have wanted to do something along the lines of visual art and like design for a very long time. Um, my dad is a graphic designer. And so I was really quickly introduced to um, like visual design, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you know, I, I grew up with video games uh, like a lot of people did, and it really inspired me to um, lean towards that direction. So ever since I was like a kid, really, the um, the drive to do something like artistic, creative, has always kind of been there. Um, but I didn't really settle on it until probably near the end of middle school, early high school, because of a lot of reasons. Um, I, I messed around with music a bit, um, but it didn't really, I kept going back to art, and then throughout high school I had a really great art teacher who kind of pushed me to do that, um, and and then I just really got involved with the art program at high, high school, uh, though it wasn't very big, uh, and, and then I applied to OCAD now in illustration. Starting from illustration, how did you find the program in first year versus how what do you think of the program now? When I when I first started, like I think I I might have overestimated like what we were getting into. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I think I definitely saw it as um, a lot more open ended than right. it was. Right. Uh, don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm, I'm eight times better of an artist than I was in high school. I was pretty bad in high school. <laughs> But yeah, like like uh, I didn't, I never had painted really from life before, um, and so even that was just like new to me. But I think OCAD's illustration program was kind of advertised as more open-ended than it was because it's very editorial focused, very like that sort of thing, like very illustration quote unquote, you know, yeah. uh, not like not super. Even though it's advertised as like you can get into graphic design, you can get into all kinds of different things. The focus really is on on that sort of illustration, editorial type deal, book illustration. And why do you think that is? I think it's just because of the, I think it's the faculty. I think the faculty is very focused on editorial. Right. Uh, I think that the, the school itself uh, doesn't want to, doesn't want, want to de like develop in a direction that would make it seem like more college-y anymore. You know, I think that like, uh, editorial illustration can, can be seen as like more of a finer art than like doing stuff for concepts, doing stuff for like movies and uh, TV and games and that sort of thing. I think that that sort of stuff is seen as like low art, you know, compared to illustration. Like as a yeah, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of like editorial push, and um, I mean we have like general design courses in like book illustration, comic book illustration. Yeah, and they do help. They're they're definitely not on the same sort of level as a focus. 
artist. Yeah, and, and, and you don't really get the freedom of being able to like push those avenues if you wanted in those core classes. You can't really change up the assignments yeah, to yeah. fit what you want to do. Yeah. I think that would be like, my biggest gripe about it. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people who lean towards like uh, like painted stuff. Um, like really, really high. Really, really not high, but like finer sort of um, you know work. You know, and but more fine work, fine art kind of work. Yeah, like more, more stuff that's sort of like you know painted, right? More um, classical. That, that's the word for it. Right. Um, and and they don't, they tend to not do that good because of the way that it doesn't um, evoke the editorial direction. The sort of zine direction is also really big. Um, at OCAD, uh, I know like I barely even knew what a zine was yeah. um, when I started, and I feel like it's everywhere at OCAD. Like they have the zine fairs, they have like all these sort of partnerships, um, and and that wasn't exactly I wasn't exactly opposed to it. In fact, like I'm kind of considering it um, in terms of my work, but I, I definitely wouldn't have even thought about it as as an illustration when I got involved. You know, obviously it is illustration, but not in the sense of like what I was aiming for. But yeah. And so I guess my next question would be what what were you aiming for? I mean I came into the program thinking, hey, you know, I was put into this program, I originally uh, applied for advertising, I didn't get in, and but they put me into illustration, so I'm gonna try it out and, and first year happened, I think it's pretty cool. Maybe I can be an illustrator, like I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> yeah. But I'll, I'll just keep going through the motions and see what happens. Um, how did that work for you in, in, in that regard? Like, is, is that a similar story that you had or is, is it cool. completely different? I think like for myself, I was like, okay, illustration. Um, I wanted to go to OCAD. Like uh, all of my teachers were like lean towards OCAD. It's like really uh, prestigious. You know, I think a lot of people see it as that. Um, and I, I, yeah, it probably is. Like I think it, uh, saying you went to like, uh, no offense to other schools, but if you went to like a major university, like a master program, for fine arts, yeah, like it's like it's not nearly the same right. as saying you went to an art school, right? Because the focus isn't really on that. Um, and 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 so okay, yeah, I was like okay, I need to go to OCAD or like maybe Sheridan um, for something, right? And I didn't want to go to a college, <laughs> which is a huge like miscalculation on my part. Like yeah. I really shouldn't have valued. Uh, a university higher, but I ended up settling for OCAD because they accepted me, obviously, um, for illustration. That was my intention. Uh, but it wasn't... I don't, I don't think I knew what I was getting involved with because of the way that, like, it is different, like we mentioned. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, like, your question of... Sort of, or sort of asking, like, what changed in my opinion and stuff, like, uh -huh. onto that. It's like, I think... It wasn't so much my opinion that changed, but it was more my my understanding right. of everything changed. Yeah. And how did how did say your like your work change from first year to, to now? What is your focus? I guess what are your ambitions um, uh, from first year versus right now? Well, I think I think I've always kind of been more. I've always been somebody that's sort of direction. Like, I always kind of had a direction, thankfully. Like, I know a lot of people get really mixed up in, in the program and get, like, like start questioning themselves. Right. But I think my my end goal's always been the same. Uh, I've always been leaning towards games. I've always been leaning towards 
creating like worlds and characters. Um, but I think that OCAD opened my sort of opened my my branches, I guess. Uh, so now like I'm doing some graphic stuff, doing some gra graphic novel stuff, uh, and even considering like like I mentioned zines and the sort of formal illustration brackets. <laughs> um, so I guess it's it's kind of always been the same for me, which is like a, a, I think actually really different for a lot of people. I think a lot of people have, uh, in the program have changed a lot. Um, but for, but yeah, for me it was always like I kind of started playing by the rules and being like, okay, I'll do this style for the illustration stuff, but I'm still gonna be practicing in my own conceptual art sort of direction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on, on, on some level, I totally agree with that. Uh, I think for me, it was more of like, I think I had a lot of pressure from my family to kind of make this like a viable career. Yeah. And so I was kind of like subconsciously searching for what I could do to make like this a viable career more than just scraping the bottom. Like I didn't like the idea of like a starving artist and I was not. Yeah, yeah. I that's like, was not about that. I don't, I don't wear that proud there's this like, weird sort of like yeah there's weird sort of pride with uh with, with the starving like, artist mentality um i yeah like starving is not cool yeah <laughs> like that's from, not what you want to from, do from 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 the start i've been like man i gotta i gotta find job a job in like a firm or an office right if i have to because i obviously like i don't want to be stuck um on that level of like that they that okay kind of advertises of being like you make zines and sell them at fairs yeah. and like that's not i think as viable as it sounds because like i think it's certain i think it takes a certain level of uh of patience to really break through and like you really have to put out those zines yeah i mean it's, it's worked mm -hmm. before right so i'm not denying that it doesn't work yeah i just but i um, feel that like the, the amount, like just thinking about like the amount of people that you know that have hundreds and thousands of Instagram followers, for yeah. example, those are the kind of people that can get by going to fairs and selling their work, right? Because they have a fan base, right? Right? Um, and it's very hard. Like I'd say, the bulk of the work in a career in that direction is is like marketing yourself right. to people mm -hmm. and becoming a personality that people like, uh, and that's just not possible for a lot of people. Um, and that's sort of what I had to realize was like, okay, this is not happening. You know, like, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to do uh, what I want. Right. Um, and what my original plan was, you know. Yeah. And, and I was, I, I was uh, kind of sticking to the original plan. I always had, like, illustration as something I was doing. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to school for it and that's why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, like, I... I believe ever since first year, uh, I got really close to my buddy Jeremy. Yeah. And so Jeremy had has wild ideas all the time. He's a man of extremes. And so he had this crazy idea out of nowhere just to, okay, I'm just gonna start a clothing brand. And then I kind of like, what am I gonna do? And I thought of uh, selling these wooden pens that I would make in the wood shop. Okay. And um, we both like dropped enough dollars into our project. <laughs> more than enough. More than enough dollars into our projects and well both of them haven't taken off clearly. Um, I found out that my idea was not viable, can't scale. Yeah. Um, just 
not good long term. Uh-huh. And then that kind of set me. And then I met another buddy, uh, uh, Derek, uh, from the industrial design program, and he introduced me to the grind, the student entrepreneurship community at OCAD. And that just sent me on a course for entrepreneurship and what that is. What's yeah business like? What does that mean, and why is that related to art and design? Yeah. That, and, and it's, you know, like when you go towards that sort of direction, you realize that it's like very, like, it's like almost like taboo to even talk about it. Yeah. Know? It's like, like there's <laughs> not a lot of talk about it in class and anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think all the way up until now, which is almost the end of third year. Right. Um, for, for us. Um, I don't Georgia think. Does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've had more than one or two profs ever mentioned business side of illustration right. I think um, yeah I, I, I can I can in my you know short-term memory <laughs> I can I can definitely think of just one right at, like off the top of my head um, and that's something that's like kind of strange how it's like we talk about all these really famous illustrators and we never talk about how they got there right right we just assume oh they're talented that's yeah all. they're talented and then that's how they got there and yeah. you know but um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I can't think of instances where that was a focus of even a single class. Yeah. Like, there wouldn't be a single class devoted to anything in that yeah, really like, And I'm aware that we have a professional practice class in fourth year, but like yourself, like myself, like many others in our program, like, we are doing side projects. We are already yeah. doing art for other people. Like, And it is so late, too, yeah. right? Like, it's... it's um, I feel like... We need that information. In retrospect, I should have been starting this, like, the start of second year. Right. You know, I should have been... I, and it is hard to kind of, like, settle on what you want to do. Um, I think, like, like I, I've kind of been blessed, and, and I think a lot of people are, with, like, a, a goal. Um, and, and a lot of people, even myself, I didn't feel comfortable with my work up until maybe, like, last... Within the last year. Um, but I feel like... I, there's never a there's never a better time to start than like a year ago, <laughs> right? You know, right. I think how like I always felt that there was something off about like my illustration, not like how it looked or anything, but like I didn't feel like that's what I wanted to do. Even mm-hmm. though I was doing it, I was kind of like telling myself like maybe I could do this, and I don't know, like maybe I like it or whatever. Yeah. But I always felt that there was something off, and so I think so. How it worked out for me was that I just tried stuff. Like I yeah. said that I, I joined the grind and then I learned more about entrepreneurship yeah. and business. Yeah. And so that just kind of set me on a path to just try like a bunch of different things like the pens. Uh-huh. And then I tried uh, uh, doing th- those art shows the year after. Yeah. Like I worked uh-huh. a regular job for a summer. Yeah. And just a lot of trying these little things. And then I kind of landed into the realm of like uh, motion graphics and then found a little interest in social media and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, like if there's anything that I learned from like these past three years, it's just like just try a lot of shit and you'll find it if you don't have yeah like that clear set goal that you do. Especially which is awesome. Like well, even still, like with the with the sort of thing in mind, like I, I, you have to um, you have to really sort of break break it down, right? It doesn't matter if you know where you're going or you don't. Like if you can't break down smaller sort of goals, you won't get anywhere, right? Like you know. For yourself, uh, you know, you clearly were like, okay, I need to finance myself so I would work. I need to 
try new things and, and that just leads to a lot of different branches which are in themselves smaller goals right right and for myself like my smaller goals were sort of like settling on styles settling on things that I could do um, and and breaking down larger larger tasks like like oh I have one big project that I want to do personally why am I trying to think of it as like done you know um, like I, I know uh, a lot like my uh, I know my brother is a writer and um, he <laughs> He, he's also a teacher, but he does writing as a hobby, and and um, and I think one thing that he would always say is that that's a huge problem is that he would write the ending first, uh-huh. and it's like, uh, and that's really obviously important to know where you're heading with the story, but if you just have the ending, you you start thinking about it as if it's already done, right? Um, and, and I think a lot of people do that with their goals and with their uh, like career destinations and that sort of thing, right? And you can't think about it that way. You have to think about trying new things. You have to think about keeping your mind open, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I guess uh, something else I'm curious about, like, uh, did you ever feel um, discouraged or kind of like lost in any part of this process? Like you didn't know what to do? Oh, it's um, it's more than easy enough to get distracted yeah. and, and lost and right. Um, and I guess like, what what did you do about it? Because, well, I'll, I'll start with saying that like, um, anytime that I I had a smaller project that just started to not work out, um, it would always be because I would get distracted and less less even that I would uh, um, less so that I would be like lost, but more that I would get distracted. You know, so I, I'd lose my focus on it. I'd lose what it's about. Or what I was trying to say with it, right? And and you know, in order to combat that, like you're asking, you know, I think I would always I would try to take a break and move on to something else, right? Um, which in its ways, which in its own ways, like sort of branching out, sort of trying new things, because you can't do. Um, I, I forget where it comes from, but it's basically like I always hear it, it's like something is only like something is only bad if you release it bad. You know what I mean? Like, if you keep working on something, it'll never be bad because it can only be good after a certain amount of time. Yeah, you can know? only progress from there. Yeah, like if you if okay. you uh, if you give something enough time, it doesn't matter what it is. Sometime, sooner or later, it'll be, end up being good. Right, right. And and then it becomes a uh, your job to measure how long it'll take for this to be. Right. Is it worth it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, right. I think that's like a game design quote. I think it's like from Miyamoto or something. It's, he's like, he's like, a game will always be bad if, if you don't like give it time. And it's true though. It yeah. applies to everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, it applies to your career. It applies to hobbies. It applies to everything. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, and to a certain degree, I think I've weighed that out myself multiple times. Like, I tend to, I tend to try it. Yeah, and then I'll commit to it, and then I'll, I'll follow through. But like during that process, I'll kind of, I'll be able to know whether like this is something that's worth it or not worth it. Yeah, I'll still finish, but at the end, I'll I'll, I'll probably drop it if it's not worth it. Exactly, so that's that's happened. Yeah, a couple times. I think there's a, a skill to be had in in measuring whether or not something's like broken, broken brown yeah. brown repair. Yeah, you know, yeah, like or or working is a more positive way to put it. <laughs> It also touches upon that concept of uh, like 
delusion and patience, right? Like, yeah. Is it like is it because you're not patient enough and it's not working because you know you just haven't spent enough time on it, like the game, mm-hmm. or is it uh, that you're actually delusional and you don't <laughs> yeah. know what's going on? Yeah, that's that's right? definitely like, very true. It's like the opposite end. Yeah, you could just be yeah. losing it. You could just be like. Um, I try to be very critical about like which one that is at all times. Yeah, of course, of course. Sometimes, but it's tough. Sometimes it's things tough. won't work, you yeah. know. And and that's when you sit down, recalculate, yeah. realign yourself, and keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, sort of like question for myself is like, how do you feel your, uh, yourself about um, the program at this point? Um. Personally, I thought so at the beginning. I thought like, okay, it's cool. I'll, I'll do illustration. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, at this point, uh, since I've moved into uh, more motion graphics and that kind of thing, and I'm looking to make a career out of motion graphics or videography in that realm, something yeah. to do with motion. Yeah. I just find it more interesting mm-hmm. um, and more rewarding to do. I love seeing it come together, and like, that totally affects how I see the program. Um, I think if the program works for you and you're trying to do illustration, go for it. Mm-hmm. I strongly encourage you guys or anyone to try something else, have a side hustle, have a side project. I feel the program is just not for me anymore. Yeah. But um, since I'm in third year, I'm already so far in, I'm not going to switch. You're just like completing it. Yeah, like honestly, I yeah. belong in the graphic design program right now. Yeah, like with what I'm doing. That's that's you know what, what I see that graphic see that. designers are doing, right? So yeah, I should be in that program, but it's too late to switch, and so yeah. I'm just gonna. But that's the thing, right? Um, I mean, Okad says it. It's not very true, but Okad says illustration can lead to graphic design. Like the the program synopsis, at least when I applied like a couple years ago, it said, you know, you could get a job in graphic design still. You, you could, you could, but that—that's what they don't tell you. I think is that you really have to explore that on your own. Yeah, and it's not something that they're going to teach you. Like I only got into motion graphics like in the past several months, yeah. and that—that that was all of my own accord, mm-hmm. right? I, I saw that the illustrators in our program were saying, "Hey, I think animation and motion is going to be the next big thing. You yeah. should take note of that." Learn yeah. Maya, learn After Effects. And well, yeah, things, I, right? I mean, even for myself, like I started. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not that great, yeah. but I taught myself Blender. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's a gen ed course, but I'm taking right. a games course, game design yeah. course, development, um, and and that's uh, helped me learn Unity. Um, I'm no coder, right? But I, I can work in the engine, uh-huh. and that's just like one thing uh, that makes a makes you more marketable, and b lets you do yeah. at least for myself what you what I want right right yeah um, uh, it's one thing that I, I hear a lot um, it, and it's good advice and it's advice that I've taken to heart is that you should at least know a bit about everything you know everything that like if someone comes up to you and asks you a question about your field and you can't answer it it's now your job to find that answer right right because um, someday it'll, it'll bite you you know, it'll bite you in the back because uh, someday someone's gonna come come up to you and be like, "Hey, why don't you know After Effects? Why don't you know whatever program or uh, or method, right?" And and maybe it may be not be it may not be the job that you're looking for, but it's still a job and it's still potential, yeah. right? Um, and and this more applies to graphic design than illustration per se, but even still, right? 
um, because as an illustrator, you you need to know these things. You need to know a variety of things so that you're just more appealing to to be hired, right? And it's simple as that. And how do you feel about that debate between like being more appealing and having a wider arsenal of skills yeah. versus being super and hyper focused at one thing? I think it's a lie. <laughs> I think being hyper focused is a lie, personally. Because okay. um, I, I, I don't know. At least my personal opinion. Uh, this might not be true in in, in practice, but I mean, we, we we're not out there doing it right now, so yeah. we don't know. Yeah. But in practice, I don't personally believe that. Like, I don't really like one trick ponies. I, I never did. You know, I never I never liked it when somebody just was like, "Hey, I do this thing." And it looks like this, and that's what you get. And and that might be good. Uh, I think it works really well on social media, but that's only because on social media, the uh, people want one thing from you, yeah. right? Um, and so that can work in your favor and against you, right? Uh, but I know for myself, I just prefer to expand, right? My, yeah. my sort of boundary. Yeah, I was about to say it's like it's. There is there is advantages of being a one trick pony, but there's yeah. also advantages of having a wide arsenal. Yeah, I personally agree. Like I I, I do for myself yeah. at least. I would rather have a wider arsenal. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, like uh, like for myself, I think um, sort of I I couldn't be happy with my work if it was just one thing. Yeah. You know, um, obviously there's a lot of stylistic decisions that cross over between one thing or the other, um, but. But I couldn't. I think that uh, me, myself, and I can speak for a lot of people, um, that variety is important. You know, it's easy to get bored. It's easy to get tired, and and it makes your work tired, right? Um, and even for people that do like to focus on one thing, I would say that trying a new style, trying something, even mixing up, adding a twist to their current work, can make them enjoy their work more. And, Feel that when somebody enjoys the work they made. Yeah, I've you heard know? that from a couple of like working illustrators. Yeah, they always try to throw something into the mix, and it just keeps things like live. Um, I was gonna say something, it was something along the lines of fuck, I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, but in the, I, I don't know, in the business of creativity, like like it's hard to sort of um, like it should be hard to settle. You know what I mean? But it's not for some reason. It's kind of like a weird sort of thing that I've thought about, you know? It's like, it's way too easy for people to get stuck in a way, right? Um, it's like, and you constantly see it on, online. It's like, okay, this guy has hundreds and thousands of followers, but he draws the same thing every time. Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't know, I've, I've never personally talked to a lot of these people, but right. but when I look at that, I see like, I see like that can't be that can't go on forever, you know. Like that could maybe go on for like five years, but there's no way you're keeping that going forever. Right? But on the flip side, there are tons of people who, as you just described, who are doing the same thing and they're fucking wildly successful. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It makes so me like, makes me curious because that's yeah. That's, I mean, it's something that I've been trying to explore myself is like the business of creativity you know i find it so strange how how we market and uh and finance sort of creativity because when it when it becomes 
a one-trick pony situation, it's almost like you're not really making creativity anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's no longer. But I felt, I always felt like that was the point, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, it's a very hypocritical market. Uh -huh. But at the same time, though, it's like kind of like the one-trick pony is like the trick that no one else can do. I think that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's sort of like, an illustration. Uh huh. Right? It's like to everyone, look at yeah. The FDV, yeah, in the programming, the market, everything. It's like it's very uh, lucrative to to be the one guy who does this really yeah. well. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's yeah. definitely true. Um, and I guess that's sort of maybe my maybe mine and a lot of people's flaws is that they like can't get anywhere by being uh, like by having that variety you know um but you never know right yeah there's definitely people who you know experiment um and are successful um you really can't know i think that maybe maybe coming to the realization that what you can do other people can do better you know it's it's a very uh it's very common right that sort of that sort of vibe <laughs> right you know it's like what can I do that somebody else cannot do? And right. maybe if you get there, then yeah, go for it. You know, you know, just stick to your guns, and and no, no one can match you. But until then, I don't think it's a viable option for a lot of people. Right. You know. Yeah. Do you think that um, the overall attitude towards the the world outside of OCAD um, is is a little how can I say this? Do you think what people think at OCAD is they don't see the market as, as competitive than, than it actually is? Or do you think that the market is way more competitive or not competitive at all? There's room for everyone. Um, I really I really don't know the answer to that. That's sort of something that you'd have to figure out yourself. But as an illustrator, I think um, it's definitely competitive. I wouldn't say that it's... Uh, I don't want to say there's room for everybody, which is the unfortunate truth. I think there's, uh, uh, and this is kind of the same for basically any creative field, is there's always somebody who will do what you want to do um, like faster or cheaper or something along those lines, yeah, right? Better. Yeah, even, yeah, and probably better. Yeah, and probably better. <laughs> yeah. And, that's, and that's sort of the reality is that without that marketing strategy, like we were talking about, without that business side, uh, and, and the self-promotion and that sort of thing um, and self-discipline you you might end up being washed away by the, by the competition right uh, it's not really a question of how much competition there is it's a matter of can you match what there is you know um, because like I I think there's tons of people who can do art you know think about how many times you walk by some place or see something on the street that's like really badly designed uh -huh. could be better of course but the business that is you like uh the business itself that published whatever image or or piece they don't really care right and so you know part of the part of the battle is is just kind of convincing people that you're worth you're worth working with you know um and then a lot of times they can't afford it. A lot of times, and that's sort of where the fight comes in between between illustrators. Mm -hmm. um, but it's 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 actually kind of like a weird, uh, it's a weird sort of dichotomy of like 
of like, I need, as an illustrator, other artists in order to get networks, in order to find work, um, and in order to expand my like frame of reference and that sort of thing. But on the other hand, I'm competing with those same people for the same work. Um, so it, it creates this sort of dual, uh, dual structure where you, you really need to find a, a balance between competing with people and cooperating with them, right? Because because the fact is that you're not going to get anywhere if you don't have other people marketing you for you. Right. Right. Referrals and yeah. so on and so forth. Exactly. Like, uh, um, I, I went to, I think, uh, I went to the Cuphead animators um, presentation like a couple months ago. Uh, they had one at OCAD. And one of the one of the artists who did um, he, he was an he wasn't an illustrator but he was a uh, he did um, like 3D models like not right. like like 3D props right. right which were photographed and then put into the, the game um, he only got the job through a friend through right. a referral and that's like a huge job right that was a job that went for months you know months almost I think over a year maybe you right. know that that game was a huge project. Uh -huh. um, and that, that's sort of, again, like that sort of uh, dichotomy of, of, you know, working with people and working as a, com as a competition in order to claim a job, right? Um, because, uh, you know, one of the artists working on the game was like, hey, my friend does this, hire him. And then they did. Right, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear about that all the time. Like, mm -hmm. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. At the same time, it goes back to that one trick pony is if, like, you know, if you, I've heard multiple occasions where if you know that you can't do that work, but you know that your, your buddy, my buddy, Will, is great at, you know, uh, uh, doing characters and environments for games and things like that. Yeah. I don't really, I can't really do that for you, like, but my, my buddy Will can yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I think that's where, like, kind of the, maybe not one trick pony, but, like, yeah. what you specialize in comes in handy. Yeah, yeah. Is where like you would probably be more. I think. I think people would rather refer someone who says that their specialty is X Y Z. Yeah. Versus like I know the entire alphabet. Yeah, that's true. At fifty percent. Yeah. It is sort of a target gauge for for anybody. Um, it does make me think about like that is sort of a tangent. But it makes me think about uh, like different, like I think in, in medical careers, you have to specialize if you want to continue and not be just like a family doctor. Um, you can start like, you can specialize, be a dentist, and from there you can be like orthodontist or surgeon, hygienist, right? Um, so it is, I guess in that way, uh, nothing new for illustrators, um, but it's sort of like you're teaching yourself. Right. You're finding your own position. Um, because nobody can tell you what sort of style you can do, right? right? Uh, you can only tell yourself that and then tell other people from there. What's your opinion of having uh, a side project on top of school? I think everybody should have a side project. <laughs> I think I think there's got to be something going on behind the the, the front, <laughs> you know, and in the why back end. Well, it's because you you really everyone. Okay, there's more than a million reasons. Like, you know, um, like you could, you know, I'll let's say what's your like top three. I think my top three would be uh, it serves to advance your career, like um, because you'll always have something to tell somebody about, you know. Um, 
say you meet somebody who can help you work on this project or whatever, um, you'll always have that that sort of thing to bring up to a client or to a, a partner, you know, a potential partner. Um, it's like you be like it's always good to have to like be the master of your own sort of work, you know, like. Uh, I think there's a degree of, of independency that you build, you know, by, by having a side project, by having something on, uh, on the lines that, that really you can just always have to, to practice, get better, uh, and to improve yourself. Um, I don't know, like, it's sort of, it's sort of always good to have, like, uh, I don't know, how do you how do you feel about that sort of side project? Like, what would you define specifically as uh, a project? I think, uh, I absolutely agree. I think it's imperative for your career. I think, I think we live in quite a competitive market here. Yeah. So I think having these side projects is going to propel your CV, is going to propel yeah. your portfolio. Usually, I would hope that these side projects are your passion projects as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. And so you do a pretty fucking good job. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I, yeah. Um, having a passion for something is is inherently attractive. Like, to not like like literally like relationship attractive, but it's yeah. like inherently attractive to a client, to a to a potential partner, to that, that sort of in that end. Because it makes you look like you you have a goal you may you know people are attracted to uh you know goal oriented um and and uh compelling people right and then that and in a way in many ways it makes you more compelling and uh and confident you know and because if you can be confident in something you did by yourself then you then that's kind of like the stepping stone to the next thing yeah the next exactly thing. and it creates momentum yeah. for yourself right yeah totally i totally agree with that that's what i've seen in the past um two three years for myself yeah um i think the, the side projects uh, i think that the side projects that i've done have propelled me farther in, in my career like i think has propelled me farther in my career than school has like doing school yeah. projects yeah which is um, I know I kind know of awesome. more, than, uh, more than enough people that yeah. focus on their side projects more than their yeah, school. Definitely. And I think in a in a sort of backwards way, that's the way to go, yeah. you know? But in some sense, like, I don't think I would have had those side projects if I didn't go to school. Obviously, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, if I didn't go to school, I wouldn't have some of these opportunities to meet certain people uh -huh. and have access to certain resources yeah. and then... You know, it just wouldn't work out. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that in in many ways, university is just networking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's networking and practice, right? Uh, especially for our program. You know, it's all about just getting good and at the same time uh, creating that network, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's yeah, it's definitely true uh, that you need uh, you need to have some sort of project on the side, and that sort of that propels you to to meet. Here's a question. We were talking before about like making friends in first year and how yeah. you met your friends, how I was like, I don't need friends. Yeah. I, got, like, yeah. I got friends from high school that yeah. live in Toronto, right? Um, so how do you feel around this in around this idea of networking? How do you feel like do you think it's super important to network with the, like everyone at school or is there like I think like, a I certain think group that you should focus there's on? a a goal 
like a good goal to have is to find people that are like-minded. Mm. Right? Um, because when you find somebody who, because uh, you, I think, I think uh, in a very, I guess, meta way, um, you are who you are who you talk to. You know? Yeah, totally. You're agree. you are a. a um, because no matter what you do, you are always going to be influenced by people around you, mm-hmm. right? And so finding the good influences, finding people that will benefit you, and also you benefit them. In yeah, the and it, and it becomes a uh, a cycle between different relationships, mm-hmm. right? Um, I I think that if you associate yourself with people that uh, that don't represent your intentions, mm-hmm. uh, then you are gonna adopt their intentions if you're the minority in that relationship. You know, I think if you're in a group where they like that, they're just not good influences. I just think it's not like yeah. Or, or let me clarify: if you're in a group that is not actually focused on getting a career, yeah, out of your time in university, yeah. I don't think. Well, to put it to thing. put it bluntly, if if somebody isn't. Uh, isn't lining up with what you want, you're not going to do it. Right? Assuming you want the right thing. Yeah, assuming you want the right thing. Obviously, um, I, I think it's good to hope that everyone wants right. to do yeah. well. I, I think so too. Yeah, uh, it's sort of an optimist view is that everyone should want to do well hmm. by the end game. Right. right? Um, and I think coming into fourth year, that is kind of the end game. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's an end game of a part. Right, but uh, and it's only one segment. Obviously, you can clean up later on. You know, there's never a um, there's never a time where you can't get your shit together. But um, but we are getting to that first sort of boundary. You know, that first threshold, right? And so, if you're not associating yourself with people who who promote you, you know, the kind of people that uh, you can work well with. Then, then you really just won't establish, like we were saying, like those connections, you know? Um, getting so like people... don't network for just the sake of fucking networking, like yeah. you're actually looking for people who who can encourage you, who can push you forward. Yeah, who genuinely but, yeah. are interested in, in your like side projects. Right. You know, if you find someone who's on the same page with you on a side project, like I was saying, they could even, you know, climb on board and become something greater, you know? Like right. it could... The, uh, as long as they are a positive influence on on your life and, and the goal, and they have the same goals as you, you know? Um, and that's something that, you know, is kind of luck, you know? You, you don't always meet the, the right people, but I, I like to think that if you give a, a sort of aura of of confidence and, and of, like, goal-oriented mindset, and having a goal-oriented mindset, that, that pushes or pulls people with the same sort of mentality to you, you know? Uh, success breeds success. And, and, and uh, jumping off of your comment on confidence, um, like, where do you think that comes from for you? Like, do you feel that you have a boatload of self-confidence or do you think, like, you know, you're lacking and, and you can really work on that? Like, what, what do you well, think of confidence? Where does it come from? I think, it, I think that um, for a lot of people, it becomes a skill, you know? It becomes a skill to be confident. Um, it becomes, and it's derived from a lot of things. It's derived from your craft, especially in art. You know, it derives from how good are you at what you do. Mm-hmm. It derives from your your personality. Um, I think that's a big factor. Yeah, and it, and it, and it also comes from your background. 
you know, like where you are from as a person. Right, right. right. Your family, your, family, your, your friends, friends, you know, like those sort of things that influence you, like you were saying. Um, and, and so I think that, but all of those things can be changed. You know, you can change your social group, you right. can change your skill, you can get good, you know, uh, and you can, uh, and, and you can like sort of change your personality, you know, you can, to a certain degree, to a certain degree you know, you know, there's, this, you know, the saying that people don't change, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that, um, anyone can change no matter how f fake or not it is. Um, uh, and, but if you can sort of convince yourself that, that these things have been improving and that's one thing, right? You won't immediately be like, you know, someone that is poor social skills and then immediately get good. Right. You know, but if you don't force yourself into things, right. then you'll never get there, right? It's a build-up, and same thing with getting good at drawing or whatever in art. You know, that sort of practice at your craft, um, and and those things lead to confidence, and that confidence, like we we're saying, will pull people towards you, right? Because uh, because people want to be associated with people that look good, quote unquote. You know, or I mean? just are confident. In General. Yeah, I think, I think that totally is. That's pretty much how it works. You, yeah, I think it's it sucks if your first couple. It sounds like, terrible. It sounds terrible, but <laughs> if you work on those like first few things, yeah, you know, and they don't go well for you, yeah, fuck me, like that's a pretty good <laughs> excuse to be like pretty down in the shitter. Yeah, not gonna lie. Yeah, but if if those things work out for you in the first few uh, times, I think. Um, just gonna pop. Uh, so we had a quick break um, and I was talking about we we're talking about this idea of confidence right yeah and how, uh, how how do I guess to attain that I guess yeah and I guess for me it was like those first few things that worked out for you yeah. or were those first few things that worked out for me gave me the momentum to keep going and kind of just like get to this point where I believe I can fucking do anything now. Yeah, yeah, and, you know? and momentum is so important. Momentum yeah. is like, like almost half of the work, mm -hmm. you know, because if you can get one or two things that get you started, then it just doesn't stop, you know. And, and it worked out for you and it worked out for me, yeah, to whatever degree that we, I don't, I don't know how well we're doing, but like, yeah. but it, like it worked out on the confidence all, level, right? In a, in a comparison mm -hmm. level. So, so what about, what about for, for the, what do you think, what about for the people who the first few things didn't work out, what, sh what do you think should they do? I think the thing everyone says is like, keep trying, you know, right. I think that's like very, uh, very like vague, uh -huh. you know, it's a super undescribed like blanket term for how to do better, right? Um, I think that what you really should be doing is, uh, like, I know I, I was saying the sort of mentality on, on like one trick ponies, and I think what I would recommend is to find out what you really like, you know, what you actually care about, you know, and, and make sure that it's something that people also will care about. You know, that's another thing, right? Is it, do you think that's important? I, I don't know if that's that important if someone will give a fuck about it. I think, I think it matters. To a certain degree, you know, um, because if you can't get anyone, if if one person won't back your goals, it's not happening, right? Um, and 
In terms of building confidence, building momentum, and things aren't working out for you, you need to find something. Uh, and you know what I personally, what I ended up doing was nothing, <laughs> right? Like uh, I got involved with a summer camp program. Uh, I spent my summer basically not doing any art, and somehow through that just really great experience, meeting people uh, and new, learning new things, I, um, I I ended up coming back to to OCAD in third year and finding myself doing work that I I would never like I would never think of myself doing, you know. Uh, and you think that had something to do with meeting those people at that camp yeah and that's and that's why i was talking about like with uh with you know social aspect of building confidence you know uh you cannot at least in my opinion become a confident and and uh absorbing person uh if you can't have the same people around you you know um and and getting into this program really introduced me to people from all different like places, I met like a guy from India. I get met uh, a, a woman from Germany, um, and uh, and all these different people who had completely different life stories. You know, people who who don't even have a career. Their career is they're just vagabonds. You know, they just travel right. um, and they backpack everywhere. Uh, and and they've been doing this for like almost ten years, right? Um, uh, I met like an ultra marathon runner. I met, uh, and and not even, and these are just the staff. That's not even like the the the, the kids I met, the youth. Um, they like they taught me all about like their life, you know, like uh, and the hardships that they go through, and and all of that makes you um, and it changes your personality as well. You know, it makes you see things differently. Of course, and then. And that's why I'm talking about like those three main things that you know improve your confidence and change your life, you know, um, and they improve your career because of it, right? So yeah, what I would say is if nothing is working, do nothing, but always be doing something. <laughs> it sounds completely hypocritical or not hypocritical, paradoxical, yeah, almost. Um, but it's like if you can't find yourself doing any art, um, uh, then you're at an impasse. Right? You have two things. You have two options. You stop doing art or you take a break. Right? And I chose to take a break because I, I wasn't getting better. You know, By the end of second year, I didn't feel any better than I was um, at the start of that year. You know, uh, and, and I ended up doing this thing by a pure whim. And, and, it, and somehow when I got back to art, I was like all about it. I was in it. And it really, um, and that's what I think a lot of people need sometimes when they're stuck. You know, they need to, uh, because if you leave something, you know, uh, then then you'll rediscover the passion. And if you don't rediscover the passion, then something's wrong. And maybe you, you know, I hate to break it to you, but maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, or maybe you should be doing something different. Exactly. You know, you should be focusing your energy on something that you actually are passionate about. Um, I think one of the, the ways they market OCAD is like, do what you love, right? But why are there so many people that hate doing their work? You know? <laughs> that's, that's a fair question. I, I wonder that... Like, like I, 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 I complain about having a lot of work, but I never complain about the work itself, you know? I'll never be like... Uh, unless it's like, obviously, something that's completely derivative of what I 
want to do in art. You know, if it's like a, a random essay about the same thing that I've talked about a million times, then okay, maybe I can complain about this. But when you're drawing like something and it's like, uh, and it's really not that different than what you like, I find that there's a lot of people, at least last year, not so much in third year, um, that would be complaining about it. And it would blew me away, you know? I was like, okay, the, the thing they used to, I don't know if they still say it as their like thing, uh, like slogan or whatever, was do what you love. Um, but, but there were so many people just being like, man, oh, I hate doing this. Like, I hate this work, you know? Um, but I was like, man, like, you're supposed to like doing this. I, I mean, I don't think it's common for most people to go to an art school by pressure of their community or their yeah. parents or yeah. that kind of thing. I don't think that's common. Yeah. If it exists out there and you're listening, um, I don't mean to to discount. But you. I, I will say that but um, most people. Aren't I did in meet that people. Realm. I did definitely meet people, especially in the first year, that um, just didn't know what to do. You know. Um, yeah. Like, they didn't have any pressure, necessarily, yeah. but they didn't have anything that they um, genuinely felt passionate about, and art just happened to be the thing they were generally skilled at, um, which was almost, like, disheartening in first year, you know? I, I, I almost started questioning myself about it at the time. Uh, at the time, I was like, I was like, man, am I one of those people? Am I one of those people that was just like, art was convenient, you know? Um, I know I was. Yeah, yeah, like, I definitely was. I was gonna, I was gonna, in grade eleven, I was gonna do like, yeah, you know, my dad says I should have like a professional career. Okay, I kind of like drawing. Let's do architecture. So you know, yeah. I, I go take physics and math, and I'm like, oh fuck me, this yeah. is not gonna work. Yeah. So totally drop that. Okay, what's the next best thing? Art. I yeah. can do art. Okay, let's go to OCAD. Yeah. So I go to OCAD. Yeah, and that's and the then thing. This is where I am. Like, um. But the thing is, is that you reevaluated, yeah. you know, and you rediscovered something in that sort of general direction right. that makes you feel good about yourself and good about your career, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think, uh, hopefully, there are people that uh, that have done the same thing. You know, obviously, I don't know everybody's story at OCAD. I don't know exactly where everyone's come from or what they've changed about themselves over the couple of years. But I think that there's a lot of people that in the first couple of years just did it out of convenience, did it out of uh, not, necessi not necessarily pressure, but just it was there, it's what they could do, and they just took it, you know, which is really, uh, really almost devastating because you, especially if you become like in debt to a loan, that sort of thing, like that's huge, you know, like being set back thousands of dollars is not worth experimenting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something along. Uh, I was gonna say the for me, I think that I did not have that kind of like same disheartening thought. Yeah. Um, even though I knew I was in like like I went through first year and second year, and, yeah. you know, I had a variety of people in my classes, mm -hmm. and I'm clearly not the best illustrator. Yeah, and yeah. Clearly, oh, I had the same experience. But like clearly not the worst either, right? So yeah. I wasn't good, I wasn't great, I wasn't absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. So there was like, okay, I have some technical ability, I have some creative ability. Yeah. But I know I'm not, I, I probably am not in, I'm most definitely not <laughs> in the top percent of illustrators. Yeah. 
right? So like, how can I make myself competitive in the future? Exactly. Right? Like, do I think it's possible for me to become an illustrator given my current skills and the time that I have before I start going, going into uh, further along in my life? Right, and and you could argue that fuck, I have my whole life ahead of me. I could work on being yeah. an illustrator yeah. for you know ten years beyond university, right? Um, but I just didn't see like that being something that I wanted to pursue. Yeah. Again, like I didn't feel right I there. Do what you love, you know. Yeah. Like, and and then and I didn't see as m- myself as a, a as a competitor. Yeah. Or a uh, a good enough competitor. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to uh, yeah continue that search for. What the fuck else can I do to make yeah. myself competitive? Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, like in your case, doesn't necessarily have to be wildly different. You don't have to go canoeing yeah. for for a summer to to, to find know, myself find yourself. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah, I just um, I I kind of got the idea to do motion graphics simply from the profs. Exactly. And then watching what you know what's changing in the world. Right? Yeah. Like yeah, everyone's moving to the internet. Everyone's consuming social media. And what does social media entail? It entails not just static images, but moving images. Yeah. So yeah. I think I should do moving images. Mm-hmm. At least try it. Yeah. Right? And then I tried it and fuck, it's awesome. It looks so cool. And it works it's out. Awesome. Yeah. And that's and it's just great. And that's something so, that I uh, I hope, you know, someone starts to realize about their own work. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Uh, it, because the sooner the better. The sooner you realize that, um, and this isn't to be like pushing people out. You know, this isn't right. Like, oh, you can't right. make and if it. And if your passion is illustration, like, like all go power hard, to do it. Yeah, like, fucking yeah. like go hard. Yeah. Right. But but the fact of the matter is, is that if you're uncomfortable, if you're not happy with your work, maybe reevaluate. You know, like that's something that everyone has to do at some point. Is is uh, you know, uh, reflect. You know, like they always like tell you like, oh, reflect on your work. You know, whatever. But it's important. It's true, you know, you have to look back on what you've done and and understand what it means to you in, in respect to your career, in respect to your uh, your personal goals and, and what you like to do, you know, and it's not even just in creative fields, but especially in creative fields. I think even beyond like this, like creative career, like just reflecting on like who you are as yeah. a person is yeah. pretty fucking my, that's totally not related to design or art in any yeah, way, but, but I think in, that's in, in, my, uh, in my design and, and my work, I, I started to uh, look back at like sort of what I grew up with, what I liked, and what I thought that people uh, would feel attached to. And I started working on, um, on styles and pipelines for work that, that entailed that sort of uh, the same sort of feeling that got me involved with art in general, you know? Um, Like, I think that our generation grew up with the internet. You know, it's the first internet age, uh, an age demographic. And- uh, At least anyone who's pretty much younger than us. Yeah, like like people that grew up with it, you know? There was never a point in time where there was no internet for for this demographic. Not as far as I can remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and so I I take a lot of, a lot of inspiration in my my current work from what I grew up with on the on the internet when I, when you know when we were younger uh, because 
that's sort of what inspired me to do art in the first place. Things like flash animations, things like you know online animations and videos and those sort of things. And I and I started. I, I sat down, reevaluated, recalculated, uh, and I was like, this is a direction that I like drawing. This is what got me involved in the first place. Why am I not doing it? Right? <laughs> you know, like I was like, why? And it made me more happy with my work and more confident. You know, like what we were saying because of it. You know, because now I was happy with my work and you could feel it. You know, um, obviously not everything is perfect. You know, and, and uh, I've only been experimenting with it. Um, this is in refer reference to my sort of graphic style um, that I've been working on. Uh, but it wouldn't have happened if I didn't really look at, like, sit down t after taking a long break from from art and being like, okay, this is what I like doing. Why am I not doing this in my work? You know, why am I forcing myself? Uh, you know, for for the first two years at, at OCAD, I was forcing myself to do physical all the time. You know, and I don't mind physical analog work, but um, I think it was a requirement. Yeah, for a good amount of time yeah. too, it was, it was a requirement to do analog. Uh, but in illustration core and stuff, I never even tried to convince anyone that I, to do let me do a digital. And the second I started doing digital, I was like happier with my work, uh, and it was it was getting done faster even because I yeah. just was familiar with it, you know. Um, and uh, and everything was felt better as a result, um, and and that was all just because of recalculating, uh, reflecting, and looking back at my inspirations, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, again, like, you know, back to that sort of confidence discussion, it's like, that is part of the things that, part of the things that build that up, you know, uh, is being confident in your work, so. Yeah, I think, I think it's easy to be confident once you've got it, I think it's really hard to get there. Yeah, you know what I mean? that to is get true. To that point that is true. That where you're like, where you feel invincible and where yeah. you feel you can take on anything. Yeah. Like, I can't speak for um, anyone else, but I get, I, I notice the peers around me, you know, some of my close friends, even, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they have, one of my friends in particular, very, I would say very critical of himself, and also, but at the same time, he's very, uh, he likes to employ some self-awareness, Yeah. he's always reevaluating who he is, and, and why is he doing the things that he's doing, Yeah. and so one of the things he came to a conclusion to was that a lot of his inability to be confident or even a lot of the things that he wasn't doing well in uh, socially yeah. and in his work was all down to the lack of self-confidence and he was trying uh -huh. to like figure it out what's the key to like get this thing yeah. started yeah. What, what is that what is that I don't know and that's like, interesting know, that's and I didn't know what to tell him either yeah. Yeah, it's very hard you know? to define what will improve that yeah I really um, didn't know what to tell him like one of the things he struggled with was was uh, public speaking. So okay. he's uh, he does a lot of presentations uh -huh. uh, with his work, and so he had trouble presenting and things like that. Yeah. It's it's a very common yeah. issue, but you know it bothered him, uh -huh. right? And uh, I personally don't have an issue with public speaking or anything like that. Like I'm quite comfortable with doing that. Uh -huh. um, and he was like, "How do you do that? Like, how can you be self like how can you be self confident? How do you have not have the fear of you know talking and?" say and all yeah. that kind of thing. Fuck man, the only thing I could tell him was, you know, I started public speaking like 
since like I remember doing a speech in grade five, I was yeah. fucking scared. Yeah, I yeah. was terrified. Yeah, right. And we're all there at one point, but I think as time goes on, and I, I kept on training myself to uh-huh. to do the speaking yeah. in group projects and presentations, all through high school and that kind of stuff. And then it got to a point where now, like, I'll present anything. Yeah. Like, you give me five minutes to read over some material, I'll present yeah. it. Yeah. Right. And it, it's. I and think that, it is and, practice. And, it is yeah. Practice. It doesn't. It doesn't come easy, yeah. obviously. Yeah, it's not, dude. I don't know how long I've been working on. Yeah, you know. Well, like, you've been working on it for twenty years, or whatever your age. Yeah, you know? but I still don't think I'm that great. Like, I see some uh, some other people. Uh, well, not some other people. I'm thinking specifically about uh, Kyle Kyle Ferrick from the Industrial Design Program. Uh-huh. Like, an amazing speaker. Right? He's, okay. He says he's a shy guy. Yeah. But he's really trained himself to be. And you don't like, necessarily have to be an, like an extroverted person exactly. to be a good speaker. Right. It's it's and not a great example of that. Yeah. It's not the same thing. You know. Um, like I uh, I know for myself, like I don't think that like man in in even in high school I would get like physical shakes yeah. when presenting. Absolutely. Like. Um, I would, and, and it's very strange for myself when coming to that sort of conclusion where it's like, how is this happening? You know, I would get like my hands on a paper that I had to read and I would be physically shaking. Right, right. Because um, I couldn't hold still, right? Um, and and I don't know how that went away. I, I, I Nowadays, I'm a lot better in terms of uh, speaking in front of people. But uh, I'm no expert, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and I think that that kind of just came with uh, being more happy with what I was doing, you know, um, being more comfortable with what you're doing. And, and when it comes to public speaking, I think a lot of it is knowing about what you're talking about. Yeah. Knowing you know? your shit. Yeah. Because like, man, if it, you know, if I had the public speak about something I'm passionate about, I could do it for hours. Right. You know, but. If I had to present something that I wasn't comfortable with, that I didn't know about, then yeah, that would make me a lot more uncomfortable and a lot more uh, conscious about how I'm doing on the presentation, that sort of thing. So that is important. I'm actually more conscious of myself when I'm in a, in a, like a small group or like one-on-one. Really? Rather than like in front of a crowd. Like I'll speak in front of the auditorium, like no problem. Yeah. Um, but if you put me in like a one-on-one or like really? a small group, I'll be a little more nervous. I, I'm kind of like in between. I'm like a neutral between all of them. Um, I don't think uh, I like to think that I'm pretty good at like interpersonal conversations. Um, but in, in a group, I'm not like I'm not terrible. Yeah. Um, but that's that's weird to think about. Like I usually it's the other way around. Usually it's like you know, people are comfortable talking in, like a small group or something like that. Um, but I guess it is also, it makes sense, especially if it's strangers. It's very hard for a lot of people to just be like, approach a group and start talking to them. You know, like the, the sort of like, fuck it, you know, like mentality of just, all right, let's go. Let's go talk about these people. Yeah. You know, talk these people up. You know? <laughs> it's kind of a funny, random story. It's like one time I was at, uh, at a concert Right, and I'd gone by myself because everyone that I was supposed to go with had flopped on me. Yeah, and I ended up selling these tickets to this random person who had the exact same plan, and I ended up hanging out with them for the entire thing, you know. And along the way, we like started picking people up that were in the same situation, and we created our own little group of like five or six people right. at this concert um, out of just individuals, strangers, and we had a great time, yeah. you know. And that would never happen if you don't just say screw it 
get involved into something, mm-hmm. you know, and then it works in every situation. Just be easier like, said than done, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, you, ha- you kind of have to. This is what I do: <laughs> uh, is you kind of tell yourself like, they don't know me, um, and I might, ne- and I'll probably never see them ever again in my life. So who cares? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you just say, forget it, and you get involved. You know. I also try to play the worst case scenario. Oh yeah. Like okay, like so what? Yeah. Like what's the worst that could happen? What we were talking about the other day. It's like if I, my mentality with most things is if this doesn't affect me in a couple of years, who cares? Right. You know. Um, if I'm not gonna be personally affected by this, or like the people close to me will be personally affected by it, um, in, within like a handful of years. What is the point of worrying about it? You know, it, who cares if this random person I talk to um, knows me or not, or thinks negatively of me as like thinks I'm weird or something? If I'm never going to see them ever again, you know. So that's like sort of part of the breaking through, you know, uh, breaking through that boundary of like not wanting to talk in front of people. That sounds pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed this this talk. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, maybe we can shoot the shit another time again. Maybe add in another person. I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, get some um, more perspective. So. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, fools are just teaching fools here, but hey, like, that's <laughs> it's all part of the process. Yeah, and, uh, that's illustration. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot more than just illustration, but yeah, I mean, in our world right now, yeah. in our in our sort of setting. Yeah, it's really just people. Kind of. Yeah, between me and you, we are talking about the world of illustration. That wraps up the first podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you got something out of it. If you want to follow Will and what he's doing, you can find him on Instagram at thecamobot. If there's a description, I'll put it there along with my Instagram. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.